This film is Lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian. I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. Look, some of us are lazy, all right? If by lazy you mean wrong. Prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide whether the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers. Because guess what? This film is lit. A mischievous child, a fantastical island, and a wild rumpus. It's one of the most beloved children's books of all time. It's where the wild things are, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to the 31st episode of This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. This is the first in a long while that has not been a Harry Potter episode. If you've been with us through our Harry Potter episodes, uh, they've been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of new viewers from them, but we normally do all kinds of stuff, Mm -hmm. not just Harry Potter, Uh, but that's what we're focusing on right now. So this is going to be closer to our normal format for the show, where I have not read the book. Uh, I mean, in this instance, I probably have years ago as a child, but I haven't reread it. and, And also it's a kid's book, so it's a little different, but I have not read the book. Uh, that I recall, and so it's going to be a bit more of a back and forth, me asking questions, Katie answering my questions, and us discussing where the wild things are. We normally would do Guess Who as our first segment, but seeing as this is a picture book... Yeah, we don't have any Guess Who. Uh, Guess Who is usually a segment where I would read a character description, and Brian would try to guess which which character character it is. Yes. Um, This book has illustrations, so no need for character descriptions. Uh, I might at some point post some side-by-sides of, like, book illustrations compared to the movie characters. I did that for Matilda mm-hmm. a while back. On our social media. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that if you find that interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, no guess who this time, so we're going to go right into our first segment. Let me sum up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. So, uh, brief summary, if you have not read or seen Where the Wild Things Are, a rambunctious young boy named Max is at home, uh, causes a bit of trouble in the movie version, runs, uh, runs away from home, mm-hmm. and uh, finds himself on a fantastic island full of wild things, these creatures. Yeah. Uh, they crown him their king. Uh, some other stuff happens. They have he, some adventures. They have some adventures together, ultimately... Uh, Max learns a little bit about himself and about his actions, and then he comes back home, and the book wraps up. Yeah. So that's kind of it. And he comes back home a changed child, and then the book uh, has a, you know, vaguely happy, or the movie has a, you know, vaguely happy ending. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the general idea of what what goes on, uh, and we'll get into more details as we go in through the rest of our segments. So let's get into our second segment now. Which would normally be Guess Who, but it's not this week. It is, what was that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? So, as we've done before with shorter books like Shrek, like uh, 
trying to think of another one that was just nothing. Well, we've done some short stories. We did The Birds. Yes. We did um, Benjamin Button. Yeah, a lot of those where we kind of, I kind of assumed mo- a lot of the things weren't in the book. I have a similar assumption with uh-huh. this movie that a lot of the things I'm going to ask about are not going to be in the book. And that's part of the reason I'm asking them, because uh, I assume they're probably not. But I also just kind of want to see and see what they added, and, and we can kind of discuss why they added it. So the first thing I want to know, because it's one of the first characters we see apart from Max, who I obviously knew was in the book, is his sister, who I don't no. know if we ever get a name for her. Her in name the film. was Claire. I was think. it okay? Uh, so he has a sister in the movie, um, and that is part of the impetus for his running away. Yeah, and it sort of fleshes out Max's character from what I imagine is in the book is that we see, there's a relationship between him and his sister in the film mm-hmm. that is. Uh, sort of moving apart as she gets older. Yeah, she's getting older. Of that. And he wants her to come play with him. She's not super into it. Yeah. So that's one of the things that is bothering him yeah. in the movie. One of the things that leads to his eventual running away. Uh, so yeah, sister, not in the book. I kind of figured that would be the case. Um, how much of the mother's backstory in that setup do we get? In the film... We get this whole setup of her sort of uh, struggling. She's in a single mom, mm-hmm. she's struggling financially. Uh, she's really stressed out about this particular project or something. Yeah, she's, she's working having on. some work struggles as, as well as financial struggles. Yeah, and she's also dating Mark Ruffalo. And she's dating Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah, I have that in my general notes. I was like, hey, is that Mark Ruffalo? Is that the Hulk? She's dating the Hulk. She's dating the Hulk. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, but so we get a, a fair amount of backstory of like her as a struggling mom. We also get some back and forth with them. Uh, and we'll get to some of that here in a second. But it, how much is of that is in the book? Do we get any of that set up? Of her, no. Even as a single mother? Is no. There a whole thing? So we, there, as far as we know, there could be a dad involved or is there? I mean, we meet Max. Right. In the book and we hear his mother like off screen. Yeah. She tells us, yeah, off page, she sends him to his room. Right. And that's about the extent that we get of, like, any other family members. Okay. So, and we and we know nothing of anything right. other background that's going on with them. That's kind of, again, that's kind of why I figured I knew that, like I said, that this is, if we said in the prequel, the story is only about 10 sentences. It's more mm-hmm. pages than that because there's a fair amount of drawings, I think. Yes. Right? It's like 30 or 40 pages. But there's only a handful of sentences. There's not a lot of information, uh verbal information being. Mm-hmm. So I figured like the fact that she's a single mom struggling in one way, I figured that didn't come up, but and we could talk about whether or not you think those are good additions in later segments. Is the impetus for Max running away him biting his mother? No. No. He just gets up to like some normal kid type mischief. Oh, okay. And and annoys her to the point that she sends him to his room. Okay. Cuz in the movie it is he explicitly bites her yes because she's telling him to do something he he's acting out because the boyfriend's there mm-hmm. among other things uh, and he's mad at his sister and, and blah 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 uh and yeah ends up biting her and then that kind of spurs the whole thing and then he actually runs away yes does the the wild things when we get to the island of the wild things didn't any of them have names in the book or referred to by names in the book no they're just the wild things okay just as a group right i i figured again i figured because yeah but they all we all get we end up getting names for all of them yes so we can refer to all of them carol and kw and 
Hydra. Uh, uh, there's a, a handful. Judith yeah. is one of them. But there's a bunch of them. They all have names. And I was like, I don't recall, or that doesn't strike me as a thing that they would have had in the book. Again, with only 10 sentences, you don't mm-hmm. have a lot of time to be saying, talking. Yeah, like introducing. introductions. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they made up all those names wholesale for the movie. It sounds and like. I think I read somewhere, but I could be imagining this. That they used um, some of Maurice Sendak's aunts and uncles' names. Oh, okay. So we talked about um, yeah. in the prequel that the wild things started out as caricatures of right. some of his family members. And that would make sense. Yeah. I think I read that somewhere. I could be imagining yeah. it. Don't take my word for it. Maybe okay. fact check me on that one. Yeah. It's also possible that, and, and just speculating, that he may, Maurice Sendak may have had names for those characters. Yeah, it's like, possible. Like in his own, because since he drew them, you know, like at the top of the drawing of one of them, yeah. he put, this is Judith. It wasn't going to go in the book at any point, but just to him for his own purposes, you know, he might have had Yeah, that's possible. Them. So, yeah, who knows? I'm sure somebody does. Maurice Sendak probably knows. Well, he's dead, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. Is there any existential dread in the book? Because that was an interesting idea in the movie that I wasn't expecting. There's this, there's this, this setup uh, in the beginning when he's in class of his teacher explaining that the sun will eventually go out. Yeah. And we'll all die. Uh, and, you know, because uh, when the sun explodes or whatever. Uh, and then that comes back later on. He tells that to the wild things and they're freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately kind of in the big lead up to the breaking point at the end also is recurring there and i was like that's a very uh interesting i would i would be surprised if that was in the book that sort of existential dread of like we're gonna all die because the sun's gonna go out well there's definitely nothing about the sun going out i i don't know how maybe how a kid might interpret the story i would say that there's zero existential dread in it i do like that because that was definitely a thing I remember as a kid being freaked out about. About remember, the, the sun dying? Yes, I remember. And even though it makes no sense, because you don't think about things on that time scale, it made no sense, like in the sense that it doesn't matter to us yeah. that in 300 million years, however long, the, the, the sun's going to explode and, and our whole solar system's going to get wiped out. That will affect us zero. Yeah. But I remember it freaking me out as a kid. I remember when I found out about that pretty young, like on watching Nova or something, and that mm-hmm. freaked me out. So I actually identified that with that a lot in the movie. I don't remember ever being freaked out by that as a kid. I don't remember when I learned that though. Yeah, I was pretty young. Like I don't. Know, I was under ten years old. I would guess when I remember mm-hmm. finding out about that, um, or or something similar. I, I think that's specifically what it was. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, was that it specifically was the sun exploding and engulfing the Earth and wiping out our solar system essentially and it yeah really messing me up messing up my six-year-old brain or however old i was so <laughs> i was like ah oh, that's i like that i remember that that happened to me uh okay moving on is there a miniature village in the book in the movie there's a, a scene where carol who is the main wild thing mm-hmm. in the film uh takes max to this little miniature village he has created and it's gonna be the it's the perfect world that he would that Carol wants to live in, um, and wishes he could create. And so he made a little miniature perfect world. Is there anything like that in the no book? Okay, <laughs> boy, we are like right on down the list with nose. I will see if I str- strike out. I, I mean, not I say strike out. I assumed most of these weren't going to be in there, but yeah. 
Okay, so no uh, no miniature village, Mm-mm. no miniature perfect village. Following on from that, is there uh, the idea is that they decide to build this perfect city that is part of Max is like sees this miniature and goes, we should build that. And then they mm-hmm. there's this element where they spend a while building a village fortress yeah. city together to be this kind of perfect place for them to live. Uh, does any of that happen in the book? No. Even without the miniature village? No. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. I only got a few more, so maybe <laughs> one of these will be in it. Bob and Terry. In the movie, there are these two characters that are uh, two owls that KW is quote-unquote friends with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it's portrayed. She knocks him out of the sky with rocks, which was a very interesting scene that I, I maybe we'll get to at some point. I wasn't sure how we were supposed to feel about that scene. <laughs> it was very strange, um, especially how it played out after that. Anyways, it may, just put a pin in it. We'll try to remember to get back to that. Uh, but there are these two owls, Bob and Terry, that don't speak English. They just squawk mm-hmm. like owls. And uh, they cause some problems between some of the characters. But they're also supposedly really wise, according to KW. And they have the yeah. answers. But they, Max can't get the answers from him because he doesn't understand them. But other the, characters seem to. But other characters seem to. But Carol can't. Yeah. And Max can't. And can. Max can't. Which is for reasons. Because Max is... Carol is Max. But... Yeah. Um, so are those, are Bob and Terry the owls? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Boy, I'm on my last one and none of these are in the book. I don't even know, since they don't have names, I guess does this event ever happen? At one point towards the end, I guess this is a question, I didn't ask you this, but you sh- it shouldn't be hard for you to know the answer to this. Is there this falling out between Carol or one of the wild, or is there a falling out between the wild things period and Max in the book? No. Does he just leave? Yes. Like, without conflict? Yeah, he just decides he wants to go home. Oh, okay. Interesting. So none of that conflict. None of it. None of the conflict of the movie isn't. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Well, then in that regards, I assume at no point does he get inside one of the wild things to hide. No. Okay, because in the movie... (laughs) Carol is chasing him trying to because he's mad at him because he lied to him about being a king and having all these powers. And also there's this other conflict about him. He's worried that uh, he's a lot that Max is lying to him and that sort of thing. So he's he's really mad at him. So Max runs away. And ultimately, uh, KW hides him inside her mouth. She eats them basically. Yeah, and hides in there. It's hides, very strange. Hides in there. It's a. It's really weird. It's got some wanna, great. It's got some great visual I symbolism. Callbacks. Talk about it later. Parallels <laughs> to earlier scenes, but we'll we'll talk about it. Um. So yeah. Okay. Well, that was all my questions, uh, and then a bonus one about does any of the conflict on the island happen? The answer to all this is no. <laughs> which is interesting. Uh. So none of that was in the book. Correct. Okay. Let's move on to Lost in Adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Was it lost? Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. Lost in Adaptation normally is a segment where uh, I ask questions that I was confused about, or mm. if I thought there were things missing, uh, which is would be a, kind of what we do with the Muggle questions in the Harry Potter right episodes where Trevor 
kind of does lost in adaptation mixed with was that in a book yeah kind of a stuff. muggle questions is kind of a, a mix of those yeah. two segments and uh but so that's what lost in adaptation is if there was anything i was confused about or didn't understand or or i thought like you know i thought that i needed expanded upon or thought maybe was expanded upon more in the book uh that i could get more background on like priori and cantata i'm like what the heck is that right um that's what Lost in Adaptation is. Uh, this one, I don't really have anything in particular because it's a pretty simple story. Uh, yeah. I don't really think there was anything that I was confused about that I thought would have been expanded on in the book. Part of that being as a kid's book. And I know there's a lot more in the movie. I'm mm-hmm. assuming there's not much that extra explanation in right. the book that I wasn't <laughs> getting for anything in the movie. So my one question is, is more of a discussion and, uh, and to see if the same kind of idea was potentially in the book. Um, I thought it definitely could have potentially played the movie could have definitely played to the idea that Max is dealing with ADHD or or ADD or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that sort of other or, or some other behavioral disorder or whatever the right word uh, for that is. Um, and if you thought that was there or and and if if so if that's also something potentially in the book i know this this is a book in the, written in the 60s which was kind of before we started yeah. to really realize yeah the number of kids of that were affected by that sort of thing predates a lot of those kind of ideas um I wouldn't say that that's present in the book. No. At all. In the book, Max is much more presented as just like a kid doing kid stuff. Right. And he gets a little out of control. He's just a little rambunctious. Yeah, he's a little rambunctious. Yeah. He's just a kid. Um, I did have that same thought during the movie. Yeah. I Especially towards the beginning, I was like, is that where they're going with this? Yeah. Are they going to have him you know, have some kind of, like you said, maybe a, a behavioral issue yeah. of some sort. Of some sort. Um, having seen it through the end, I, I think yeah, it, I agree. yeah, I think it was just anger issues. Yeah. I think it was just, yeah. Cause I definitely think it's supposed to play to every kid. Um, not necessarily just kids who might be dealing with a behavioral disorder mm-hmm. or so whatever. I, again, I don't know if I'm using the right words there, um, or the right language, but, uh, it definitely felt more like, the ultimate message is about um, dealing with anger, dealing yeah. with uh, loneliness, dealing with right. dear emotions, feelings. period, negative yeah. feelings, just dealing with negative feelings yeah. and how to kind of handle that and seeing how they affect other people. I mean, that's the, the way the movie portrays it is that he, I said it earlier, is that Carol is Max and it's very right. apparent in the film that Carol is Max and that. Max gets to see a third person perspective of what his actions. Yeah. How his actions affect other people by Carol's actions affecting him and the other wild things on the island. And and he sees himself reflected in Carol Mm -hmm. uh, and thus sort of learns Mm -hmm. about how to kind of handle his what he's doing, you know, his uh, his feelings, his emotions and, and see how that affects other people. Yeah. Yeah, having watched through to the end, I, I do think it is, it's just an anger thing. Yeah. Um, and I think part of where maybe I had a little bit of confusion or maybe thought that they were going for something different than what they ultimately ended up at was that I was never really sure how old Max was supposed to be Yeah. in the movie. Because like in the book, he's, he's like a little kid. Yeah, I definitely, the, I, when 
having remembered vaguely remembered the cover and some of the artwork from the book, I definitely thought the kid in the movie, Max in the movie, was older than I would have pictured him. Like, to me, there's a couple confusing elements. I looked up, the actor was around 12 at the time, and I just feel like in the movie, he seems a little older than some of, like, the temper tantrums and his behavior seem. Like, not that big kids don't have temper tantrums. They do. Yeah. But in my experience, both with kids and as a kid, I feel like older kids have different temper tantrums than younger kids do, and it just seemed to me like some of his behavior was younger than the actors I I can see that. And then they had, like, the science lesson seemed like... A little bit heavy for yeah. little kids. Yeah. But then he's also running around in the fox wolf costume. And I don't know any kids past like five or six who uh, do that in public. Well, yeah, he's not doing it. The only time he does that in public is when he like freaks out and runs up. I guess he's, so. You know what I mean? He's doing it at home. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and then he has the whole falling out and runs away from home. And he just that's what he's wearing when he does that. Um, I don't disagree that I, I definitely think the kid, the actor looked a little older than I would have expected the, mm-hmm. the character to be just thinking about it. And I don't necessarily agree. I just don't remember what I was learning in science class when I was, cause so the kid to me, the, 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 you're, I feel like the, the character of Max ideally is in the, is in ambiguously between the ages of like four and eight Yeah, in the book yeah. and like just the idea of what the character's learning emotionally right and that's the age range that the book is meant for right like four to eight right and so i do agree that the actor playing him definitely leans and looks more in the 10 to 12 range yeah so i can understand but that's just from looking at the kid like i think portrayal wise and i and again i don't uh, disregarding the science class i don't know what again i don't know what you're learning at what age i just don't remember um and i think part of that was supposed to be kind of on purpose as a joke to like this kind of weird science teacher is teaching them, you know, telling them about how they're all going to die when the sun explodes. Like, I so I I can get that. But yeah, I do agree that he didn't look like a five or six year old. Right. He looked like a 10 year old and it's not exactly within the window of what the age range of that character should have been. So I, I I agree. Yeah. I think that was just where a little bit of that confusion came in for me. This that I was kind of like, I don't know how old they want us to think he is in the movie. Yeah. So I don't really always know how to interpret his behavior because I don't know how old he is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I ended up just being okay with it and just going, he's supposed to be fifth or eight. Like he's eight ish, you know, like that's what he's supposed to be. He might look 10 or 11, but he's supposed to be like seven or eight and like or something like that, you know, or so I just kind of went with it. And I'm sure part of that was to some extent it it would have been tough to cast a a six year old to do what he does. I mean, you could do it. It's doable, but it's real hard. Whereas casting a 12 year old to do it a little more uh, doable. Yeah. Um, I actually had a lost in adaptation of my own because okay. I was curious if you caught anything like indicating this. How much time was supposed to have passed between like the igloo snowball fight scene at the beginning and then when his mom is on the date with Mark Ruffalo? 
Because when oh, he freaks yeah. out and runs outside, there's no snow on the ground, and it doesn't seem cold. No. Or not particularly cold, anyway. I, I would say, like, a couple weeks, maybe. Okay. It I was just been curious. My guess. Yeah, that's if, a good like, question. If there was some indicator of time passing that I missed. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think we also probably lost... I, if I had to guess, I would say there was a couple more early scenes mm-hmm. that we may have lost in the edit to get it down to that hour 30, hour 40 minute mark, whereas it might have normally been, like, closer to two hours. Yeah. I would bet, uh, without having watched any of the deleted scenes or whatever... Um, because I definitely feel like they wanted to establish the relationship between his mom and him as being both very loving, a two-way street where she, you know, obviously takes care of him because right. he's her son, but that he also is sort of, despite his rambunctious nature, does try to help her and or does care a lot about her and doesn't always just like a rambunctious asshole kid. Yeah. Um, like when he, when she, he tells her that story and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when she's like stressed out and she's like, tell me a story and she writes a story down. And it's like a very sweet moment between the two of them. So I think they were trying to do that. And I bet there was a little bit more of that on both sides of mm-hmm. the sweet aspect of their relationship and the problem aspect of their relationship. Same with the sister. Right. And I think that all might've got cut down significantly so that we could get quickly to the monsters. So kids didn't get bored. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the studio yeah. was like, well, we need to get to the Island a little bit faster. Um, and so there may, it made that, that time frame may have made more sense in like a longer edit. But again, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised because we know in the preview or in the prequel episode that the studio was like, this movie is not good for kids or like, or, or is is this isn't a good kids movie or whatever? Yeah. And we can't sell this to kids or whatever, which I completely disagree with, and we'll talk about it later. I, to me, it's explicitly for kids, but um, yeah, I I think I think there was probably a couple weeks or something between there. Okay, all right. So that's it for Lost in Adaptation, which means it's time for Better in the Book. You like to read? Oh yes, I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. All right, so I have a couple of things. My first thing I'm going to try to explain as clearly as I can, like my thoughts on this. So the movie you mentioned earlier really like fleshes out Max's character. Yeah. Gives him a backstory. Mm -hmm. And I, I get that. But it also, like, first of all, it's a, pretty big departure from the book because in the book he's just a kid doing kid stuff yeah it frustrates me a little that the movie seems to come down hard on this idea that max should have to have any kind of extra reason for misbehaving like oh, his parents aren't together, so obviously he has anger issues because of that, and obviously that's why he acts out. Whereas in the book, he's just a kid. Yeah. And to me, it's a very adult idea about what childish behavior is and where it comes from. Like, I I don't, I don't mind and I don't disagree and I understand why you flesh out his character and give him a backstory but to me, I think there was a way that they could have done it without having to come down with this very adult idea of like, well, clearly he has blah, 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 and this is blah, 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 and that's why he's acting out. Yeah, I, I agree. I will say that I think they 
I think they changed that successfully in the film by it not ha- by having him not just act out, but mm-hmm. he actually like physically hurts his mother. Mm-hmm. It's more than just like because in the book, isn't it just like he's just like harumph, I'm crazy kid, and then then they send him to bed like without dinner, and he's like, yeah, he like harasses the dog and draws on the walls, right, that kind of right. thing, like more not like standard like. Yeah, Yeah, normal kid stuff. So, yeah, in that case, I think it's a little more. Yeah, it makes more sense to just have that be like, it's just kid stuff. And Mm -hmm. then we don't have to have a reason for him to act that way in the book because he's a kid. That's how kids act in the movie. It's a little more extreme than that. He like destroys uh, his sister, a a piece of art he made for his sister and like it's snow like uh, water all over her room and then he like physically bites his mother right and like hurts her um so it's like a little more than just no i I, I guess so i think they decided they wanted to give a little more uh, a reason as to why he's acting out so like so um dynamically as opposed to just like Mm -hmm. you know normal kid stuff uh, and also, I think they wanted to. I think I would wouldn't be surprised if you interviewed the director, uh, Spike Jones, and he said, you know, he, I, he really maybe he's a child of a, a home without, uh, you know, uh, who parents who didn't stay together or something mm-hmm. like that, and that was a story he wanted to tell mm-hmm. about. Uh, and two kids who go who are who have gone or are going through that type of situation at home, and that yeah. you know, I, I, so I, I can see what you're saying. I I think they just took it a slightly different direction. And what they did makes sense for that direction, but they could have also done right. That's what, what you're saying. saying. I think yeah. they could have done it in a different direction. Yeah, and I feel like that would have been interesting too. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree. It's just slightly different from the book, but I, yeah, yeah. I don't really love that he runs away into the night to get to the land of the wild things. Mm-hmm. In the book, he gets sent to his room and. It's all like his imagination and like they talk about like the room slowly turned into a jungle and then he was in the land of the wild things. Yeah. Um, I feel like having him run away takes it to a different place. <laughs> like a more uh, serious place. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but like to me there are different implications yeah, from having him run away into the night. No, it is, and that's definitely again. I th- I think I liked that. I because I, I I think if they have him go to his room and it just sort of transforms or whatever, that's fine. But I, I think again with their escalation of his behavior and why, mm-hmm. and by adding the whole thing with the boyfriend and his mom's boyfriend and, mm-hmm. and his sister, that dynamic, him running away. Well, maybe a bit cliche for a story like this is an escalation of that that is in line with again the story that the movie's trying to tell. Yeah. Um. And so I think you're just you're kind of. It sounds like to me like you're just sort of arguing against as a whole this sort of escalation and uh, reimagining of the backstory as that lead to the events in the book. Because I think all the changes they make once they make that this once Spike Jones or whoever made that decision, uh, we want to well, let's give him some more backstory. Uh, his, uh, his mom's single mom and new boyfriend and a sister falling out with a sister who's getting older. 
everything they did post that I think makes a lot of sense. But mm-hmm. I think if you're agree, I agree in the sense that if you want the sort of more generic, not, and I don't say say generic in a bad way. I just mean generic, like kids acting out, go to this room, it's a magic world thing. Then mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's just a completely different direction, or not completely, right. a it, slightly different direction. It's, it's it is a uh, the movie is a kind of a different beast, yeah. than the book is. It's not that I'm arguing against it. No, like, no, I, no, I understand that the movie is a different thing, and I understand that it needed to do different things. There is a specific reason that it bugs me. Okay. I want to get into it a little later, okay. though. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to my better in the book list, then. I wasn't super impressed with the wild things. Really? I'm going to be real. Boy. I so disagree. I thought they were incredible. I I thought they had like goofy voices. Or maybe their voices were like the least. Yeah, but I, I, I was fine with it. I don't know. It wasn't what I was expecting and I was kind of thrown by it. Yeah, I think again. I, yeah, I think that was probably on purpose a little bit, but I I liked it. I, I or at least I, I mean, voices maybe aside, I really liked how they looked. I loved the way they were. I liked how they looked. Oh, okay. I didn't... I don't know. They just didn't seem particularly wild. Yeah, they're definitely not quite what I imagined, for yeah. sure, in terms of, like... Again, I, I but I don't remember how they are portrayed in the book, but, they, yeah, they're not particularly wild. Yeah. I will agree with that. Aside um, from Carol, I guess. Yeah, but I think that, again, is kind of on, on purpose in yeah. the in this projection of what, cause it is, even though he runs away into the woods, it is still very definitely Max's creation. Yeah. He runs away into his own psyche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understood the symbol. No, 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 I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying in case anybody was like, cause we almost made it sound earlier. Like when you're saying when he goes to his room and then he imagines it all, but in the movie he runs away through the woods and goes to the Island, almost made it sound like, he actually goes to something, but yeah, it's very clearly he runs away and is in the woods and kind of creates this scenario in his head yeah. that plays out. Um, but yeah, I, I, they're, they're, I, I really like the overall design and I thought they were funny and fun. Um, but I have no attachments to them from the book. So, or, or had no imagination or, you know, no thoughts yeah. on what they should be like. So, well, that's what I have for better in the book. Okay. So we can go on to, better in the movie all right my life has taught me one lesson hugo and not the one i thought it would happy endings only happen in the movies um i liked the expansion on his like family yeah um we don't really get a whole lot of that in the book i liked particularly the idea of like giving him an older sister and I think it works well for what the movie is trying to accomplish mm-hmm. to kind of emphasize the idea that he's feeling all on his own, which is not not present in the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked that they had Max tell a story about how he has superpowers and was the king of the Vikings to get the wild things to declare him the king yeah in the book they just kind of like do it they're just like you're they're king. like oh you're the wildest thing of all you're the king now <laughs> yeah so i guess yeah that's a, a little more compelling uh 
I liked the sets in yeah. the movies. In the book, the the land of the wild things is definitely presented as like very fantastical, like jungle. Yeah. Um. the The movie is is more like it's sparse, almost. It's kind of realistic forest. Yeah. It's very dark. Yeah. Um. Kind of dank. Yeah. I liked the set shift into the desert. Yeah, they have a desert. Yeah, which I, is that in that's the, not in the book. I no, asked that was that in the book? But yeah, so the desert setting's not there. I I liked the scene where Max hides in KW's stomach. We mentioned it earlier. It was kind of a, a weird, like little Red Riding Hood vibe to it that yeah. I kind of dug. It was creepy. It was. I feel like it might have scared me as a kid. Yeah, like if I was like, yeah. if I was young enough. Yeah, they even made him gooey, which was weird. Yeah, I was like, I thought they were just gonna make it like, like it was just gonna be a little space. Yeah, like I don't know. I wasn't expecting him to get like stomach goo on him and stuff, <laughs> which was kind of strange. I wasn't expecting a raccoon to be in there. Yeah, that was, but... <laughs> yeah, that was a funny little joke. But yeah, it was definitely weird. I, I don't know if you, yeah, there was, and there were some moments like that where, and we'll talk, I have it in our, in my general notes, I kind of want to discuss that I thought was a really interesting thing overall about this movie. Uh, but there was the, um, the very distinct shot from, of him looking out of the mouth of KW that mm-hmm. is, copy-pasted visually from him in the snow fort in the beginning mm-hmm. of the film, looking out the hole of the snow fort. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of elements like that yeah. throughout the film that I thought that were very well done. And that called back to, wasn't there a similar shot when they were all sleeping in the pile, too? I think so. I don't remember that, but that, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was a very... Uh, there's a lot of really interesting uh, visual choices throughout the film. Yes. Um, and symbolism that... Uh, again, I want to touch on a little more in gen- our general notes. Uh, there was one line in the movie that I really enjoyed that made me laugh. I don't remember which wild thing said it or what precipitated it, but one of them at one point was like, Carol, that's hateful. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember what Carol said, He's, uh... <laughs> but it was so matter of fact and funny to me. He says it about the owls, doesn't he? He says, oh, like, owls yeah. suck or whatever. He He's does. like, I hate owls. And, he's, and they're like, Carol, that's hateful. <laughs> I really liked, I think, I don't know if it was that character, but I think it was the one, uh, the, the goat, the white goat character. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. The one, it's always in the background, just saying little things like almost over the top of the other people and nobody ever pays attention to anything he says. Yeah. And he even comments on that at some point towards the end of the movie. He says like, nobody ever listens to me. <laughs> well, it's just like, <laughs> in, and, but it, it's edited in a way like the, his, his lines are mixed in, in, in a way where it, you it's, it's, it's awkward where mm-hmm. like he said, his lines are either too close or too far away from the rest of the lines that you understand why the other people don't uh, listen to him because it's like yeah. this weird afterthought add on line. I-, I thought it was really well done. I, ha- I have more about the way all the dialogue and I thought it was really interesting, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, yeah. And I felt like we mentioned earlier that like Max is Carol vice versa. Yeah. And I felt like, I don't know if you got this, that like all of the wild things were, like representative of his like different emotions yeah yeah to some extent yeah Yeah, and like that character was like kind of like insecurity yeah you know definitely yeah they all kind of represented different aspects of his personality um to some extent yeah yeah and then definitely i think uh yeah carol was sort of the manifestation of 
the most problematic parts of his person yeah. of his of his emotions and his personality. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. So that was what I had for better in the movie. Cool. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of. We have our general discussion, then we'll get to the final verdict, where Katie explains or decides whether the book or the movie or was better. But let's do some general discussion. I had a handful of things, not a lot here, that I wanted to talk about. First, mm-hmm. uh, despite whatever age he may be, I thought the kid playing Max was really good. Oh, yeah. Like, um, uh, kind of crazy good for, uh, again, a 10 to 12-year-old. Like, he's a much better actor at that age than, like, any of the kids in Harry Potter were at that age. <laughs> uh, especially in the early scenes with him and his mom. Mm-hmm. Um because it, it must have been really tough to do some of the later stuff with the wild things. Although, they were... Like creature suits and stuff. I think they were. Yeah. Augment- I think that it looked to me like, and I'm sure. I think I read this, and I, now I can't remember that their faces were augmented in with CG well, think, to be more yeah, expressive. I think you obviously. said that it was a mix a of mixture, yeah. of uh, practical. Yeah, I, and it, but like there, so I, it probably definitely helped him that for a lot of it he was actually acting two big furry monster right. things. But yeah. yeah, then they added more to their faces and in certain scenes obviously they were digital like when they're like right, flipping they're like around and jumping out of the trees yeah. and yeah obviously but um but regardless i thought he did really good I, he's been in a few other things since then um because i did recognize mm-hmm. him but he hasn't hadn't done a ton of stuff yeah i noticed that he hasn't done a lot which i thought was kind of surprising but yeah, sometimes with kid actors that happens where they're like they show up in like a thing as a, he he is yeah. he did do something else recently. Uh, he was in like a, a independent film like a year or two ago. Um, I think he might have written and directed it as well. But I know a lot of people grow out of the stuff they yeah. like to do as a kid. I mean, yeah, I did, and especially with kid child acting. A lot of times you never know if it's the kid that wants to do it or if it's the yeah. parents <laughs> that want them to do it. Again, we don't, I have no idea about that situation, but it, that can sometimes be the case. Uh, we mentioned earlier, but Mark Ruffalo being the boyfriend was kind of funny because this is before he became an Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he had he wasn't huge at this point, but he uh, he shows up for a scene in the beginning. Of the movie. <laughs> and I was like, is that Mark? Bro? Oh, and I went to the because like you almost don't get a good enough look at his face to even. Yeah, tell. I didn't realize it was him until you said something. And then I looked it up. I was like, that's that? and I Googled it or went to the IMDb credits and I was like, yep, that's Mark Ruffalo. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> And the mom, I don't think we mentioned this in the prequel episode. The mom is the mom from Percy Jackson. Yeah. Yes, she is. And yeah, and I, I and we talked about her in that episode because she's also the mom that dates Steve Carell's character in the 40-year-old virgin, which is what I remembered her from. Typecast. Yeah. yeah, she plays moms. Plays a <laughs> lot of moms. Um, so I mentioned it uh, a few minutes ago, but I I thought one of the most fascinating things about this movie to me and how, and one of the things most successful about it, I thought with what it was trying to do overall was the way the dialogue was written and edited, the way mm-hmm. it's paced and the way it's delivered is so intro. It was so interesting to me through the whole film. And I thought it was really brilliant because it all feels once he gets to the Island, now, obviously not the case with like, the stuff before he gets to the wild things land, wherever, to, before he gets to where the wild things are. Yeah. Uh, is how I should say that, obviously. <laughs> um, it's all kind of normal, standard, you know, just feels like normal. It's well written, but it's just normal interactions between family members and that sort of thing. When he gets to where the wild things are, 
and we very clearly know or as an audience we understand as an audience that aren't children we understand mm-hmm. that this is in his head this is his he has created this sort of fantasy world to kind of deal with his emotions and all of the char- <clears throat> and all of the characters all of the wild things speak with the same syntax and vocabulary mm-hmm. to, for the most part, not exclusively, but for the most part. Uh, and the rhythm of like a little kid. And it's yeah. way more noticeable early on. And, yeah. and they kind of uh, at times get away from it mainly for like laughs. Like we say, where like that, where the one character's like, that's hateful. Like, yeah. And some of those little like kind of asides for like more for jokes. But a lot of the main character, a lot of the, the, and I guess exclu- explicitly mainly Carol does, but all of them, I think, to some extent do talk how a little they all talk how a little kid making things up in his head as he's telling a story mm-hmm. would talk. Right. Which they set up, which I thought was a him, really good idea. Yeah. Having him tell the story to his mom. They set him up as a storyteller early in the uh Early in the movie. Right. And they also establish that rhythm, which is important. Yes. I think, and how he talks. You might not understand yeah. that without having that established. Yeah, we hear him tell the story and it's that and it's the way little kids tell story mm-hmm. where it kind of runs on and there's weird pauses as they try to think of the next yeah. thing they're gonna say, and then they make a thing up, and it's so funny watching it and and having these adult actor voice actors and it's a bunch of uh, fairly well-known people like the, the main one carol is james gandolfini mm-hmm. and then uh, a couple uh, like uh paul dano was one of them who was a if you've seen swiss army man he was in that but he's been in a handful of other things but anyways they have a bunch of pretty well-known voice actors and actresses doing those voices and it was funny listening and talk like mm-hmm. an eight-year-old or like a yeah, seven-year-old. Yeah, it kind of like it runs together and is somehow choppy at the same yes, time. Yeah, exactly. It's a thing. and it, But it's funny because it also, I thought it was really interesting and really brilliant, but it also makes the movie kind of hard to watch. Yeah. At least at first. It, it, it's like frenetic and off-putting. Mm-hmm. Like, and it made me uncomfortable a little bit of like listening to the way they were talking. And 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 Max does it a ton too when he's talking because he's he is making things up to these you know when he first gets there and he's like uh, the Viking I yeah. you know I'm the king and I have these powers and I defeated the Vikings or whatever you know and uh, yeah it's a little like oh kind of weird listening to all these characters talk that way you kind of get used to it after a while but boy at first it's like I was like oh that's so weird but also that's kind of brilliant mm-hmm. I thought because it is Max. Yeah, yeah, no, like saying all these things. It's a cool. I want to say subtle, but I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, I don't know if it's subtle, but it is. It is. It it is, and it isn't. It is. Yeah, because it's not subtle in the sense that it's not noticeable. Because it is noticeable, but it is subtle in the sense that you might not pick up on or understand what exactly what it is the director is doing, yeah, doing there through that why, choice. Yeah, you, would, it, you might watch it and go, this is weird. I don't like yeah. it. If you didn't think about it and try to figure out why. I don't know. But it is a cool indicator of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really neat. So I also think this is definitely kind of on that note. I think this is a, a movie that is 100% for kids, written mm-hmm. for kids, and in a way that would make sense to kids, I think that the 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 emotions that Max deals with and how he goes about dealing with them, 
and the way that all plays out uh, where the wild things are and between them and the way they all talk to each other and how Mm -hmm. everything operates at a very base emotional level. There's not much higher level thinking or planning that goes into anything that any of the characters where the wild things are like any of the wild things or max once he gets there it's all super kind of base level emotional reaction to stuff Mm -hmm. and just constant like feedback or input feedback moving on how do i feel about the thing that just happened and then a reaction a reaction to that exactly and I, I was like, again, it's kind of weird and hard to watch as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> In the sense that it's like, like you get what's going on and you get it, but it also feels weird. Like it feels like I, I had this thing, this this whole experience watching it where I'm like, this is, this is weird. Like, why is everybody acting like this? But, the, but once you know why everybody, why all these characters are acting the way they're acting, and I, and I think it makes sense. Again, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a seven-year-old, mm-hmm. and it's it's tough because it's been a long time since I was seven years old, <laughs> and my brain doesn't work that way anymore. But I'm like, I think this would really make sense to kids, mm-hmm. and they would really, it would really click with them, I think, because to me it feels, and again, I don't, I don't know. It's been a long time. I don't have kids. It feels to me like this movie speaks in a language that would make sense to a little kid. We should have stolen a kid and I know. Made him watch it yeah, with us. A kid who'd never seen it before. I'd be really interested to know and I there are moments that are scary and whatever, blah blah blah. I don't th- I don't think anything in it is anything that anybody older than four wouldn't be able to watch. Like even yeah. the mo- even the moments that are kind of creepy are there like, are some moments that are kind of creepy, like off putting. Yeah. But they're not like But it's not any worse than a lot of what we grew up with. Yeah. Well and, and so. even even disregarding that, I think just because yeah, I, I don't want to put a light on the past and go, yeah, it's what I grew up with, what that was fine. Like I think it probably was most of it. But like yeah, it's not any creepier than anything like the Labyrinth or Dark yeah. Crystal or any of that stuff. But we, there's a, or maybe you could make an argument that that stuff might be too creepy. I don't think it is. But I think objectively, this level of creepiness or weirdness or adult themes in this movie are, are not remotely beyond mm-hmm. a four or five year old to be able to handle. And so I think it's absolutely a movie that was designed explicitly for children with a few laughs here and there for adults but this movie is not for adults at all like Mm. it unlike some pixar movies this one way more so than like a lot of kids movies i've seen (laughs) i was like this is absolutely just for kids if if adults watch it and get something out of it cool but like they made this movie for little kids i I think i i don't know it that really it really struck me with this movie more than many or more than a lot of kids movies i've seen in a long time this explicitly felt like, yeah, if you get something out of it as an adult, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not for you. It's for a five-year-old. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, and then the last thing I had along those lines is, because I, I think it's explicitly for kids, I thought it was kind of like a Symbolism 101 class. I thought all of the symbolism that is in the movie is very, very obvious, Yes. Uh, to some extent. I mean, there's some more subtle things here and there, but a lot of it is super obvious and super straightforward uh, that I think little kids might be able to understand mm-hmm. that sometimes symbolism in some kids' movies they might not quite get. I think in this one, it's pretty, like when Carol destroys the art project he did, the, the village that he mm-hmm. created, and it's also sort of this weird pointy thing 
is a direct tie-in to earlier in the film when we see Max destroy that triangle or that yeah, star-shaped thing. popsicle stick craft he made for his sister. Yeah. Because in the it, Carol made that village for KW, kind of to some extent. Um, and so yeah, like super direct parallels and symbolism that I think kids might kind of be able to put together. I, maybe not, mm-hmm. but I feel like they probably could. Uh, and there was a handful of things like that throughout the movie where I was like, I think. I think they would get this. Yeah. I think kids would get this. So that was a really interesting like primer for symbolism <laughs> for little kids. I don't know. I was really fascinated by this movie. It wasn't like my favorite movie I've ever seen. It didn't blow me. I wasn't like, it, I didn't think like this is the best. Oh, this is so good. Like I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty solid. Um, but it was very interesting in a way that I wasn't expecting. And it, and it did a lot of things very different in terms of, how it went about making a kid's movie. Yeah. That I thought was super fascinating and also really successful, I think. Again, I don't know. I would have to see what kids' reaction to this movie is <laughs> to know. But to me, it seemed like, yeah, this should really reverberate with kids. Well, if any of you guys have little kids. Yeah, if they've watched it. Yeah. Or, or maybe, like, sit down with them and watch it and let us know what they yeah. think of it. <laughs> I'd be really fascinated to find out because, yeah, it was it was super interesting to me. I thought they were going to set up Max as claustrophobic. Oh, yeah, because they kind of set that up. Because they set it up a little bit with, like, the igloo when the igloo collapses in on him. And then, like, when they're all in a pile. And I felt like he was about to start to, like, panic. Yeah. I thought they were going to set him up as being claustrophobic. But nothing ever happened with that. They didn't really do anything with that. I don't know if I can forgive this movie for teasing a giant sand dog and then not doing anything with it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was just a callback to his, because that, I mean, I think it was the dog from the beginning. Yeah, it was yeah. his dog yeah. from the beginning. So I thought it was his dog. But uh, also, I wanted to mention that Bob and Terry, the owls, yeah. are like the place where I could really, really see that this was done by the Henson creature shop. Yeah. Yes, they very They looked like, like Henson. Henson. Yeah. Or animals, yeah. And we put a pin in that earlier, didn't we? The Bob and Terry scene. I was a little confused at what we're supposed to feel about that or what that meant or represented. Now, (laughs) I think it's very clearly to me represented the sister's friends because KW kind of was his sister to some extent. Yeah. Uh, In terms of KW's relationship to Carol. uh, Carol, Again, I don't know. Right. And it's clear that Carol is the main wild thing that mm -hmm. it, it basically is Max. Um, and that, but at the weird scene where she goes and throws rocks at him and picks him up, and Max's reaction to that, and she's like, "Don't worry, they love it." Felt very strange, and I was trying to figure out what that was supposed to like mean. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't. I mean, there's some maybe some sort of correlation to like the snowball fight. That's what I early yeah in the story yeah. But, but it does. It's pretty loose. Know. Like, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm almost wondering if maybe there was something in a deleted scene, like a moment with his sister, oh, of that some sort maybe, that we were supposed or her to friends see. Or something. Yeah. Because again, I, I, to me, Bob and Terry felt like sort of manifestations of the sisters' new friends. Because yeah. like Mac, Mac or Carol is like super like jealous of them. Like they're not that cool, you know. Like mm-hmm. uh, and then sort of. But KW really likes Car- them. Yeah, and, and likes and to hang like, out with them, and they're so smart, and you know. But Carol and Max can't understand. Can't understand them. them don't right. understand why everybody likes right. them. But I, so I got that, and I was like, okay, they're definitely like the sisters' friends. Blah blah blah. 
Uh, but like the whole part where she hits him with rocks and it's like, they like it when I throw rocks at him. I was like, what does that mean? I'm betting there's, a, I'm betting there's something that ended up yeah. on the cutting room floor. Yeah, it's very possible. Because, yeah, yeah, like I said, maybe a tenuous connection to the snowball fight. but The, the dirt clod fight was very much more explicitly yes, the snowball yes. fight <laughs> parallel, but yeah. But that is the only scene with her friends. Yeah. Is the snowball, the snowball fight. fight. So it's kind of yeah. like, eh. I don't yeah, know. maybe. Possibly. Okay. Anything else? No, that's all I got. Uh, let's do the final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. So, first thought here. Adapting a picture book has got to be a really difficult task uh, because picture books are kind of meant to be blank slates. They will often have the skeletons of stories and the reader is kind of left to fill in the gaps with whatever they like. And Where the Wild Things Are does this especially well. That's part of the reason I think that it has been so enduring for the past half century. Um, like, we don't know exactly what Max did to get in trouble. We don't know exactly what he and the wild things do on the island, except have a wild rumpus. And that's kind of the point, is that any kid can read the book and fill in their own unique story that they like and that they can identify with. And kids don't mind doing this. Yeah. Um, and I, in fact, I would argue that they probably prefer doing that. Uh, adults are a little bit different. We tend to like our media whole and complete. And if it isn't, we also tend to kind of view it as being lazy or full of plot holes. Yeah. Which is, don't get me started on <laughs> whether uh, there's a, oh, never mind. Plot holes is another discussion for. Yeah, maybe day. we can talk about it on learning things sometime. Uh, it's another discussion for a whole other day. Um, so the last picture book that we talked about on here was Shrek. And in that episode, I gave it to the movie um, because I, I liked the filled out story for, for a number of reasons. Um, this time I'm going to give it to the book. Here's why. Okay. Um, so first, I'm going to acknowledge that the book and the movie are doing two different things. And I absolutely do not begrudge the movie for what it's trying to do. I think it's it's more different than better or worse, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, but to me, the, the movie did something that I didn't really like. Um, so first I want to touch back on what I said earlier about the movie needing reasons for Max to act out. And that's pretty different from the book, where Max is sort of an everyman character. An every um, child. Every, yes, every child. Um, and... Any person reading the book can impose their own ideas about what exactly he does and why he does it. And the movie gives him reasons. And in doing so, they make this a topical story. They make it into an issue story. Um, his parents are getting divorced. He has anger issues. On and on and on. So... Now, instead of being for any kid, it's specifically for kids who are lonely and angry and experiencing these things. That's not necessarily the problem that I have, because, again, the movie is doing something different than what the book does, and that's fine. Um, and I get that the movie has to fill out the skeleton. 
Um, it has to give him concrete reasons for acting out. I get that. I don't begrudge it that. But the movie doesn't resolve those issues externally. Max sails away. And he hangs out with the wild things and he comes to terms with his anger and his resentment internally. But the issues that are causing his anger and resentment are neither addressed nor resolved when he gets back home. Um, his parents are still divorced. His mom is still dating Mark Ruffalo. His sister is still getting older, still being a jerk. None of that actually gets touched on. And now the movie actually ends really similarly to the book. In the book, Max gets back from the land of the wild things slash playing pretend in his room, and his supper is there waiting for him. That's how the book ends. And that's fine to end things that way, I think, when all Max did was act like a kid and annoy his mom a little bit. Because there's nothing that needs to be resolved in right. that scenario. But the movie gave him concrete reasons for having tantrums and for getting upset and for running away. And to me, if you're going to do that, then those reasons need to be addressed in some way that's tangible and not just internally by the kid. Maybe this is just a me thing. I say I would disagree slightly. I, I just think that when you tell an issue story, you have to in some way resolve the issue or at least address the issue and in my opinion the movie doesn't do a good enough job with that okay. i don't want to argue here so because it's your final verdict but i, I disagree i'll just say that uh <laughs> i could tell that you disagree disagree um but i i don't know how much i want to get into it but yeah I, I think what the movie does is it it's an issue story but the issue isn't that his mom is divorced that she has a new boyfriend or that his sister's getting older. The issue is that Max doesn't know how to deal with that. And what the movie resolves is Max learns how to deal with those things because none of those things are bad things. No. The fact that his parents got divorced isn't a bad thing that needs to be resolved in some way. The fact that she has a new boyfriend isn't a thing that needs to be resolved in some way. She has a new boyfriend. The fact that his sister's getting older and has new friends is a totally normal, perfectly acceptable thing. Uh, and the only thing that kind of needs to change is, and, and they can have their own issues where they, maybe the sister needs to spend more time with him or whatever. But the main thing that I think needs to change is that, or the, and then what the movie is positing is that Max needs to sort of emotionally mature and learn how to deal with those things and, and sort of gain some emotional, um, perspective on all of these situations and i think that's the issue the movie is actually bringing up and thus does actually resolve is my would be my argument i don't disagree with that like i said when i started out here i really i think they're doing two different right, things yeah. two different beasts and when i say resolved i don't necessarily mean like oh we have to actually fix it right right yeah like, to me, it could have been as simple as having his mom say something to him at the end of the story, you know, to kind of offer a little bit more of external resolution as opposed to just internal resolution. And I agree that the main conflict is internal, and that's fine, but the movie does set up some external conflict. Yeah, I agree. In that regard, I do agree that it definitely would have been helpful to have something at the end sort of kind of tying up all of that a little bit yeah. uh, of the, the external issues in some way. And it could have been very simple. Yeah, his mom saying something, his sister being there. Yeah, that would have like helped that too. Would have been. And maybe, the, you know, maybe there was, but yeah. or it's deleted or maybe not. Uh, 
that doesn't seem like a thing they would delete to me because it wouldn't save that much time. But yeah, yeah, maybe I agree with that in that regard. That made might have made it uh, a little more whole. Yeah, like to me, ending the movie since the movie was such a different thing, like ending it so similarly to the book makes me feel like the movie is trying to have its cake and eat it too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I. I didn't see I didn't have that issue with it, but I can I see your point for mm. sure. So all right. Well that's where the wild things are. Put one more in the winning column and the point column for the books. As always, we would really appreciate it if you enjoy our little podcast here. If you could go find us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download our podcast and rate and review us. Uh, also share us out on any of your social media uh you can also follow us on social media on facebook twitter instagram goodreads we have a subreddit uh that i've been posting into but nobody else has been but i'll keep doing it uh, until eventually somebody shows up (laughs) but yeah uh, you can check us out in all those places just search for this film is lit on any of those platforms uh including reddit but if you reddit.com slash r slash this film is lit you will find our subreddit uh, next week's episode is a prequel to The Order of the Phoenix. We're yes. going back to Harry Potter back for on Harry Potter. two episodes, right? Yes, and then we have, and then we have a Halloween episode, again. and then we wrap it up with book seven and the two seven movies. Uh, so yeah, prequel to Order of the Phoenix next week. Uh, we're all both almost done with that. We're getting pretty close to being done with that book, mm-hmm. which is why we gave ourselves this little break so we could finish it, because it's huge. Until <laughs> next time... Keep reading books, keep watching movies, and keep being awesome. Unlike our cat. Unlike our cat.